0: This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Brooke Keels, and I'm the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy Multiplied. And I am another one of your
2: hosts, Melanie Wise, and the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy.
0: And I'm Rachel Thomas, another one of your hosts. You have three hosts, <laughs> and I'm the podcast coordinator and content specialist. And we're very excited that you're here with us today for. A, just a really important conversation, and if you see the title in the description and it kind of makes you nervous, don't don't let that you know deter you or turn you away or make you turn this off. Um, we are going to be talking today about self injury awareness day, particularly because it falls on March first, and we just wanted to come together and really ask some hard questions, <laughs> and by that we mean come together and. Pick Brooke's brain about some of these questions about how we just can love and serve our friends, our family better, who are struggling with this. Maybe you even yourself have struggled with this or are struggling with this. And there has been a lot of misinformation out there. I think this is something, especially in the church, that for a long time has been very hush hush or misunderstood or we get our information from like, you know, the CW episode of whatever we're watching, like, you know, oh, this is how it goes if you're struggling with self-harm. And in reality, um, it can look many different ways for many different people. And so just coming together and having an honest conversation about how can we really be a help rather than projecting our own fears or worries or misconceptions on other people. So with all that to say, that is what we're going to focus on today. So uh, again, don't be scared. This is a much, much needed combo.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And, and um, it's, it, you know, self-harm is just a thing. I think that we've um, probably as parents, we'd like to pretend <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's bad or that's for other people or people who have really serious issues Um, But I think just I want to remind our audience and everyone that once something is an option, it's an option uh, for all. And especially with the communication on social media that so quickly an idea can be spread very Mm -hmm. quickly. Um, So self-harm has continued to increase in in prevalence just as a FYI. Um, You know, and, and as a lot of things in the mental health arena, we'll see the ebb and flow of it. And so once a lot of people do it, then they find kind of something else to do. But right now, I mean, it's it's still it's still growing um, as as a way to deal with hurts, honestly. Um, and to make sure we're all on the same page about what self harm, self injury is, I'll do a definition because that's always fun. Uh, but <laughs> deliberate, repetitive, impulsive harming of the body. It is usually done in secret and is often difficult to detect um and we actually have a lot of information on our website but it it really does like I said it affects a lot of people so that's 15 percent of adolescents report some sort of self-injury and 17 to 35 percent of college students uh report that they self-harm which is quite a gap it's a lot yeah yeah it's a lot and 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 it's interesting because it is increasing at that age for a while it was just kind of high school age yeah but what's what's Kind of what we're seeing happen is it will start around high school when you maybe would do more impulsive things, if you will. Um, And then the isolation of college, you know, Mm -hmm. there to check on you. You're not really, you know, mom and dad aren't seeing your body. You're not, you know, those different things, Um, you know, kind of the isolation of it can continue and it can grow. Um, and be more accessible, interestingly enough, even though you're mm-hmm. always accessible. Um, so anyway, and I know that's even a gap in percentage there, but, you know, self-harm, self-injury can get really, it is separate from, from suicidal ideation. I do want to be clear about that too, which I think is important for people to know just because someone self-harms does not mean that they are suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, they can often accompany each other, um, but that, that one doesn't necessarily mean the other. Someone being suicidal doesn't mean necessarily that they'll self-harm, you know, as a way to cope with their hurts, um, but I think sometimes we think that if someone self-harms, well, then they must also be. And as you can imagine as a parent, like knowing that your, you know, your child or someone you love or care about is is harming themselves in a physical way, um, it's really difficult to understand, so I'm really glad we're having this conversation today and always appreciate, I guess, our willingness to do that too, just at mercy and what we see. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of people who've never struggled with that, and they just cannot comprehend why anyone Mm -hmm. engaged in self-harm, especially over and over. And I think that, you know, as with anything else, I just think you, you, it's really behooves us all to try and understand a need that someone would try to meet with pain. I think it's, um, it's interesting how, a lot of times, self harm is just a place where someone actually feels alive. If they're really numb, it causes you know, just from a physiological standpoint, it um, it it uh, releases dopamine. It in, It actually is a part of the pleasure center of the brain. Interestingly enough, you know, and it can also ground somebody if they feel very separate um, or very or very disconnected. And so it can mm. be a place where it happens a few times, and then it becomes. A thing that almost like their body needs it so you can become wow. addicted to it and and that physiological process and then there's also the process of punishment mm-hmm. that it is a source of it's a source of shame and and you know so you'll see people carve like really negative words into their body and things of that nature um almost like branding themselves mm-hmm. um and that really breaks my heart because that's just really where I feel like the enemy comes in and it's just like, you're never going to get away from this. It's out of a place of just of deep hurt and trying to figure out what to do with it, you know? Sure. Um, so anyway, so you'll have some people who would, they kind of hurt, hurt themselves in other ways, you know, sort of like, I cannot imagine doing that, you know, while sure. a joke, right. Is that they eat a, an entire gallon of ice cream, you know, by themselves in the corner. Right. That I have ever <laughs> done that. Yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> not, yes, girl, I you know, know, if you think about all of the self-soothing behaviors, I think it's really important. This one is really scary, but it's important to know that that we all self-soothe, all um, mm-hmm. covers a need or meets a need or comes out of a place of unhealth or hurt or sorrow or pain, um, and so that we don't um, make it bigger than it is. It's already a big enough deal. Is that I don't know? Does that make sense at all? Right. Yeah. Just kind of give some context for that.
2: So I'm gonna back up to something that you mentioned earlier. I was just thinking if anybody's listening today and they and they know somebody who's struggling and they heard you talking about, you know, that just because someone self-harms, even if they habitually self-harm, it doesn't uh, particularly or automatically mean that they're suicidal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Are there any key indicators that someone could kind of look for to know or things they can do, or things they can ask that would give them a better feel for like where someone is on that uh, I don't know spectrum continuum.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I want to also be clear with this, even though it doesn't necessarily mean that it generally will lead to that in some way, because if you're if you're so far into your pain and your hurt, it's it's really difficult for someone to want to live that way. Yeah like most people are not proud that they self-harm that's a right it's and it's hurt like they're again like they're not okay they're not doing well and they're not coping well right lead to that place of like I don't want to do this anymore yeah. um but yeah I mean and, and I, this is not an episode about assessing for suicide so I want to be really clear like that is something you should <laughs> do you yes know, search and be trained on or maybe we do an episode on um another day so this is not the end all be all but I think frankly you just Ask them. Um, I've actually had, you know, obviously what we deal with here at Mercy, and then just my clinical career, I've had a lot of people that they actually get frustrated because parents or family members automatically assume that mm-hmm. they're I don't, right? And so sure. it just really, and which scares everybody. And when everybody starts acting out of fear, then then we're not actually talking about what's what's actually going on.
2: Wow. Um, yeah.
1: So I think really the great place to start is okay. You know, I see that you're doing that. I see this is something you're struggling with. Like, are you also wanting to continue to live? Or are you Mm -hmm. wanting in your life like that? Just ask the question, be direct. And nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you. And so there's a difference between someone saying, well, yeah, I've thought about not being here anymore, you know, is that because things are so difficult or because you actually have a plan and want to make sure that, you know, that you're not here anymore, like really holding them kind of their feet to the fire a little bit, very kindly, but gently um, and, and confrontationally in a kind way. I know we talk about the word confrontation, but, you know, just asking, hey, what's going on? And obviously if they go, no, actually I do have a plan and I've been thinking about it and this is what I would do and They have access. I mean, again, you need to, to get training on that, but that is when you intervene. Hey, we got to, got to go to the hospital. We got to call the police. We got to, you know, we got to do something to make sure you're okay. The other one is a conversation of what has been so difficult that you, you know, that you don't want to be here anymore. When you self-harm, what, what need is that meeting? Because it is meeting a need.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, And so, you know, when you start being able to be curious about people and their Mm -hmm. hurt or pain, They'll generally share with you. You know, I mean, of course, you know, from an adolescent stage, you've got some that are more closed off than others. Um, But you know, just continuing to say like this is not God's best. I've worked with people who are like I just am scared I'll do this forever. I'm like that's you know that doesn't have to be an option. We do Mm -hmm. have a we do have a part to play, but you have to figure out the need that it is meeting, Mm -hmm. and meet that need in a healthy way, or this other thing is going to take over, Mm -hmm. right? and you hear a lot of people say too I started it as a way to control and then the next thing I knew it was controlling me because again that physiological addiction stand you know place that can come in where um it's meeting a physiological need so we're not only talking about the emotional that it's meeting but then the physiological so um I hope that answered your question
2: yeah yeah well and I mean I think you made a great point of saying uh like this is not a podcast about how to counsel someone who is habitually yeah. self-harming if someone you know is habitually self-harming it doesn't mean you can't talk to them or have a conversation with them but that is officially past your level of expertise if you are just a regular person out there living life <laughs> so
1: well and even like, if you're a counselor and it's your friend it's still not your place <laughs> yeah so, right right like you still need to get them to someone else yes like this can, is, this is a great example of when to refer, like we're yeah, all refer. these big.
2: I'm like, this is a pretty cut and dry one to me. Yeah. Um, right. and it doesn't mean if someone has done it once, it's like, Oh, go now. But like, if this is a sure. habitual thing, Oh my goodness. Yes. This is yeah. where you need to be getting other mm-hmm. support, other help, right. um, professional help. And, yeah. um, and I, but I do love, um, only because I just know that, you know, from my youth pastor days, I, I knew girls that were self-harming and I was always, I didn't have any of this training. I didn't know anything about it really. And I also went to that place of like, are they suicidal? And I had such a fear. And I think this is very common. I've obviously learned that this is, um, you know, learned otherwise. But at the time I just remember, I'm so scared to ask someone if they're suicidal Mm because I'm going to put the thought in their head and then they are going to be suicidal. And I think just learning the importance of that direct question and not shying away from that and not thinking that somehow you're about to plant the idea that they've, and that they've never Mm -hmm. thought of it before, you know, from that place. So I think it's really good, Brooke, that you were encouraging the very direct questions, the very direct conversation when it comes
1: to that. I um, like that because you're you're not going to plant that seed, okay? Right. Like if they're harming themselves, like in all of us, I think we have to, you, we've got to be able to assess, we have all been through seasons where we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and some of us go, you know, I just want Jesus to come back. We don't necessarily think about killing ourselves you know what right. i mean a lot of us have been in a dark enough place that it's been something more considered you know yeah and, and just knowing that i mean that's something that the enemy wants to fit into your life and so mm-hmm. some i'm more into agreement with it than others you know what i'm mm-hmm. I mean? mm-hmm. sure but again the self-harm piece is a, is still a separate thing um so whether it leads to that or it is but they are not the same thing sure yeah
2: yeah sure. and you've kind of touched on this um, at some level and so I don't know if there's more to add to this but just kind of the relationship between I mean I'm, I'm first thinking about how you know we we talk so much about just the importance of knowing how to process and express emotions I feel like I'm like in you know over my head with like learning about how to help children process emotions and feel their feelings and like because it's just so important yeah. and so many of us were not equipped with that we our parents weren't equipped with how to equip us and so um, thankfully I think that, you know, science and psychology is coming around and helping people with young kids learn how to like, you know, actually help their kids in this area. But when it comes to just emotions and how, um, you know, we so often can suppress our emotions, um, or try to push them down cause they're too hard. They're too painful. Uh, when it comes to that and depression, you know, those types of things, um, and how those things relate to self-harm. I know that you've kind of hit on that already um but I don't know if there's anything else to be said about that but also just even how it relates to mental health in general like is is self-harm considered a like a mental illness and how would that be different from a mental health yeah issue?
1: yeah so in the dsm-5 is when what they've um come up with is uh on suicidal self-injury disorder um which is you know again really designates it as separate from suicide you know being suicidal um and and, and just the history of it um is and oddly enough, I did a ton of research on this like years ago because we're a friend of mine. We were going to write an article and then we never did that. So now I'm like, dang, I need to go back. Maybe <laughs> go back and do that. Um, but it really started as a synonymous thing, and what we've just realized over time is that it's not. And I know I keep saying that, but I just feel like it's really important because I think society believes they're one and the same. Mm. But at a diagnostic level, um, they are separate. Um, but what we also know to be true is that is that nobody is physically harming themselves because they're just living a healthy life. Okay. Mm. You know, or that they're, you know, that they're really doing well, like Mm. that, that isn't a part of it. So, so it's kind of interesting to me that they really proposed um, this diagnosis because it's generally as a result of other things, no one is just going to only have self-injury right you're going to have depression anxiety or abuse yeah. or whatever the thing is um and I, and and again we kind of go back to that the self-soothing behaviors the control of an eating disorder the release and a control of of a chemical addiction you know same thing with with self-injury um and so yeah so i mean they're going to they're going to come together it doesn't mean that somebody has to necessarily have you know, major depressive or anything like that. It could just be a tool that they use, but it's going to progress to that point because you're, you're meeting a need you're meeting a hurt. You're meeting a need in an unhealthy way. Yeah. They're going to kind of eat themselves, if you will, and spiral. And so not everybody, I mean, we're not talking about people, you know, some people, yes, that have severe mental illness will self-harm, but this is also just a thing teenagers try. And if it works, and they continue to do it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. I, had, I mean really young kids find out like if you were hurting and someone goes this will make you feel better mm-hmm. there are people that will just try it and if it works at any level you know or if it's even if it's sometimes the cool thing to do and then it starts meeting a need right it just gets introduced um it can become an issue that yeah. way and yeah. so anytime i hurt i have to release it right i've got to to, to do this, um,
2: solution. Yeah. And it's
1: not always a physiological addiction. I want to be clear about that too. Um, but, but meeting an emotional need holds a lot of weight. If you've ever been hurting and you can just do something that makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. A lot of us would be all over that, even if it was just a momentary pain, you know, Right. Um, and it does tend to grow. Now you also have people who are like, I've tried it. I can never cut myself or burn myself or whatever the thing is. Um, and it can look a million different ways. It can be cutting, scratching, um, you know, carving, burning, um, even sometimes, you know, just like pinching, um, mm-hmm. all the way up to obviously more severe, you know, hitting your head against the wall, punching yourself, like those kinds of things. Sure. Um, and that really gets more into kind of the punishment, Okay. Mm-hmm of mm-hmm. just really a lot of that negative self-talk like you're worthless yeah. you're that and like really pun- physically punishing yourself
2: yeah yeah
1: which is just i mean it's heartbreaking I've, I've never met anybody that does that that i'm just not like you're the most incredible person mm-hmm. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. rips my heart out that that yeah. is what you hear and then you know the results of that of that yeah. pain you know?
0: Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness and life transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32 and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically based and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs, or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. Gosh, I know. I'm thinking, Mel, you brought up youth group a moment ago, and I'm thinking about days of being in youth group and then also working with youth and thinking, you know, hearing hearing stories from friends or having friends that self, self-harmed and and going, okay, well now what do I do? Like, we talk at Mercy, I know, about this idea of, of not projecting our insecurities onto other people. Um, And a lot of times that's why we get nervous or don't know what to say is because it's like, now this is awkward and weird. Well, a lot of times it's awkward and weird because we are trying to make everything okay. And it's not okay in the moment, like there is something wrong. So what would you say, and you've you've hinted, I mean, you've spoken to this a little bit already, but like, what is a first step for somebody who is a helper? They're not a licensed counselor. what would you say is something they could do if they have a friend that shares with them they are self-harming and that they could maybe go and implement right then? Or maybe if it's even just something they say, like what you mentioned with the questions prior, how can they do that without projecting those insecurities? Because of course, the first thing like I'm thinking, I mean, I'm sure anybody would, if it's your loved one or friend is like you said, Brooke, like your heart just breaks. Like I don't want you you're you're amazing like you're a jewel you're a treasure like but how can we do that without <laughs> being an anxious helper maybe and yeah. so <laughs> that's a that's line. I know we mentioned suicide and they're not the same but is there the same sense of urgency and the sense of like okay the clock is ticking like don't don't leave this unattended to is that
1: makes right sense. yeah I mean so so let's just say, you you know, you've established this person is not suicidal, right? So then the answer is no, it's not the same sense of urgency. Um, we can sometimes feel that way because we're like, but you're, you're hurting yourself, you right. know, and, um, and and that's, a, so that's a difficult thing to think of, but it's important. Mm. It's, it's important that we find out, I think the first response is one, and I know we, we teach this at Empower and talk about this, but being unshockable in the sense of actually, like, shutting that fear down to hear what they're saying. If someone is willing to talk to you about, look, this, tell, and tell their story about it, you know, um, because what can happen is it all of a sudden can become about the self-harm, and we talk about this too, right, we're, this, we're not doing behavior modification, okay, so even though self-harm is really scary, you know, we don't just go, okay, stop it,
2: Right, mm-hmm.
1: right. It, it, it's serving a purpose, and we've got to to shut that fear down to hear what that purpose is. You know, um, and it can be a layered thing. It can start one thing and be something else. And so, just being willing to hear the story, like, tell me how this even began for you. Like, tell mm-hmm. me the progression of that. Um, and you know, and there's so many people I've talked to as well that are just kind of, they'll just tell me, thank you for not talking to me about like, well, what are you doing? And what are you, you know, it's one Mm -hmm. level I have to assess as a clinician. Okay. But, but that's a side note thing. Okay. Like, but what we really want to hear is just like, how did, how did this happen? Like, where do you, how, like, so when it, when you do self-harm, like, how do you feel? And so they'll share with you all of a sudden, I feel like I can breathe again or, Like okay, I've punished myself enough, or what you know, whatever the thing is, and then you can respond out of that, and not a well, you shouldn't feel that way because y'all know this, okay? If so, if you're like I feel sad, and someone's like, well, don't feel sad, you're like, mm-hmm. well, now I'm gonna feel more sad. Well, I do that. I do, I'm like, yeah, you know what? yeah, now I feel more sad because you told me not to. So right. no, I just mean like that's never worked. So don't do yeah. <laughs> don't do that, you know. But just like saying like I, you know, I am so sorry that that is something that has worked for you. And it breaks my heart because I love you and I see how incredible you are. Sure. I'm here to support you. And, and I think a really important question to ask is, do you actually want to stop doing it? Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. you have yeah. some people who are like, you know what I do? And they're like, I'm done doing it. Help me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, I have seen people just make the choice and go, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. And then we've been able to walk through that. And then I've walked with people who are figuring out whether or not they want to continue that, and they're assessing that. And that's okay. Like even if they're considering it and then you've got people that are like, no, I don't,
0: mm.
1: you know, and, and we have to figure out what level that to respect. And I'm not talking about as a parent to your young child, like, I mean, let's be clear, this is more of a general thing, but, but, you know, adults have a choice of whether yeah. or to do it or not. At some level kids do too. Right. And mm. so, you know, those are two different interventions that we do, but I think it's it's really important to note that. And so if they're saying, yeah, I want help, great. How can I support you in that? You know, well, can you help me find a counselor? Like, you know, or maybe it is, can I help you find a counselor? Or is there, you know, can we meet and pray through it or whatever the thing is, but like we teach at Empower, which I think is so important, is it's not every time you see them, well, how's the self-harm? All right. It's what is the Lord talking to you about? Like, how can you help them meet Jesus? Because a part of it is if their voice, if they're hearing like you should be punished, that's, they are not hearing the voice of God. How do we help them get there? Right, like, so then we can go through and go, this is the unhealthy things that are happening. These are the agreements that have been made. How can I help them hear God's voice in that? How can I help them know his character? Or how can I help them, you know, meet their needs in another way, um, in a healthy way and support them that way, you know, through whatever it is, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I know that's a lot of kind of different ways, but hopefully that gives somebody just kind of a place to start.
2: Yeah, that's really good. I mean, yeah, there's so, so much good stuff in there. I'm sure there's a lot of people feverishly taking notes. Um, I, I'm also interested to get your thoughts and I think it's so important because this is what we teach all the time. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So just having the point, I think so many times we assume that if someone says like, yeah, I am doing this, well, obviously they don't want to, like, obviously, right, right? you know, and I think just having that point blank question, do you want to stop is a great place to start, you know, and let them
1: just say from the get go. Yeah. Or um, is that something you want to continue doing if you feel like. Sure. A stop is like you know sure there's a lot yes. of ways to ask it you know sure. but i'll yes. this is kind of this is kind of a joke, but i'll tell you you know my background you know before mercy was in addiction treatment and i remember this guy <laughs> this guy was in a group uh it was it was all adults and somebody was like you know well do you actually want to quit doing drugs and he looked at the counselor and was like, have you ever tried cocaine? <laughs>
2: right.
1: But you see what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that there's just a, a reminder of like, just because we can see the hurt and the sorrow and all the stuff, and, right. you know, doesn't mean that they're there yet. So we got to come up with some other options. So anyway, I know that's kind of a funny story, but I, that really actually holds me accountable when I'm talking with people. Like mm-hmm. I, and when they're like, well, not, I have to like, is this something you actually want to continue doing? Right know and if they go yeah actually I do I just hear that in my head <laughs>
2: have yes you ever- have you
1: ever tried it yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah you know, which the counselor had and was like and that is why I'm here and you know anyway so he ended up yeah. being all right, just so y'all know but <laughs> that's good, that's good. well yeah. okay
2: so one last just piece of all that you've shared that I'm, I'm curious about too is just um, I'm sh- I know that there's so many circumstances where maybe someone isn't particularly coming to you or you haven't had an overt conversation and it's more just like I think this person is or there are signs to me that this person is self-harming um would you have any words of advice or wisdom on how to handle it when it's like I'm gonna have to be the one to bring this up like if we're concerned that someone's self-harming best best practices (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, (laughs) I think, you know, and again, when we're talking about if you're a parent and you feel it, I mean, I'm just like, trust your gut. Okay. Just, you know, and, and, and have wisdom and pray through how to, how to approach it, you know, and understand you may have to approach it multiple times. Um, you know, and, and, um, I'm, I'm just thinking of there's a, a parent, that I know that's just like literally the best parent ever. Um, and like <laughs> she and her husband and I, like, they just, it's really the thing that like trusting their discernment. Like they really had to like pray into, you know what, no, something's going on, you mm-hmm. know? And, and what, what God did through that and is doing through that is just really cool stuff. And, and I see that over and over, but you know, the Lord just bringing somebody to mind right now. But um, aside from that, if you're just a youth, you know, if, if you're a youth pastor or not, parent if you will like a peripheral person sure. in their life or a friend a peer even um honestly you just ask like hey like I've seen some things I'm concerned you know um you know is this something that you do or have done and I mean you know have you so far before or is that something that you you know currently are doing um and I think you just tell them like I don't want to hurt your feelings but I love you and I'm concerned about you and this keeps kind of coming to mind and I just want to check. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, you know, I think most people will just be honest with you. Yeah, especially if they know their heart. And then if they go, "What? I would never do that." I'd be like, "Okay, well, great." Never mind. Yeah, I mean, you just mm-hmm. go never mind. But I, you know, but here's the thing: you're gonna feel that way because yeah. you're seeing behaviors that concern you. So either yeah. way, something needs to be talked about. So if it's like, "Well, I've just, you know, I've just noticed like." you know you're isolating a little bit more or you're you know like it's it's even if it's not that it opens the door to a conversation of you know i'm really concerned or i've heard you kind of say these things and and i'm or i've seen this or seen that like i think the more that we can just shut that fear down honestly Mm. or the the fear of like offend offending and the more we can just openly have these conversations then people don't have to hide it Yes church yes. like, very quickly like hey like i've noticed like something going like if we intervened in, you know three months earlier than before it gets too bad right mm-hmm. or you know what i mean like timing does matter and so when the lord lays that on your heart just go talk to him. yeah
2: that's um,
1: good and just ask and look if somebody's gonna get so mad at you they never talk to you again i'm just really questioning your relationship with, <laughs> right with and them. i mean you so can go to
2: sleep at night knowing you loved them well yeah. And they chose to walk away from that, right. you know, Yeah, you know, if, so I think that's right. what
1: put it over the edge. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The Concern
0: for me was too much. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: that's that's so helpful. Even you kind of mentioned this before. You know, not necessarily having to get into the nitty gritty, but just saying, what do you, what is that do for you or what are you feeling or hey is this something that's going on I even loved how you phrase that question you know I noticed you've been isolating more you know what's what's going on that's that's super helpful and again we talked about this earlier and we talk about it all the time really about the referral piece not being failure. I love that even in this process if you're not you know a licensed counselor or a clinician or whatever Brooke, I think you said this a couple months ago. There's still a part for you to play here. Yeah. Just being really confident and maybe just owning that role uh, really well. Like, you know, just because you're a friend doesn't mean that you're not an important piece of this healing journey and this healing process, but it also doesn't mean that it's all on you, like <laughs> to carry. Right. You know? And so when you said that the other day, that made sense to me in, in the like, just an overall picture of, of the journey of being a healthier person and how we all need, you know, friends and mentors and pastors and counselors and doctors, like it all works together. Um, it's not and, or, but it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a holistic thing. And that has just changed my mind in some of this. So I don't know if you have any like final thoughts or comments or either one of you, and maybe just some things that you've seen people walking this journey or how that comes together but that has been really encouraging to me to know like it's not all on me but I, I do have a role to play here um but at the end of the day it's not like it's not dependent on me i'm not the savior but that also doesn't mean that like i'm not going to minister and encourage and love and bless my loved one either
1: yeah yeah and and melanie please add to this i think i see two sides of it right you have if, if you're the helper, I mean, 100% great, you, you know, help someone get to counseling. That's so good. But you, they still need you. They still need mm-hmm. you. Um, and, and whatever God's calling you in, in that relationship. So assuming that like, I want you to be in relationship with this person, right? Or, or you right. have for a while, you know, so um, the most successful situations have been those that, I mean, we, again, I mean, that's why accountability is so important here at Mercy, but even on the outpatient level, the most successful ones are the ones where they're in counseling, they've got somebody, they have an accountability partner, they've also got, you know, people that they're praying through some things with, they're in, in, you know, what we talk about, our four stands, right, like the Lord, they're also, um, they're in community with their church, they're, you know, they've got accountability, Um, got, you know, people praying for them and they're also yeah. you know having some fun in their life because their whole life needs people and you know you got to have some fun man like it yeah. can't just be like let's talk about how hard everything is in every aspect please go have fun yes like that's such a huge thing of like it doesn't this doesn't have to consume your life um and so you know when you've got a team of people you know and and I've I've been the counselor for people they have a team of people that they have created and been intentional about or decided to see is like, oh, that is a resource. Cause sometimes we don't see it that way. Sure. And and that just really changes things. Um, and the other side of it is for the helpers, like you also mm-hmm. maybe should have a counselor. You also should have people supporting you as you pour out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're leading the Bible study and people are doing. You know talking about tough stuff like who's supporting you or, or again as a parent like this is one of the most terrifying things like who has your back like who is supporting you while you're helping your kid um because this is an opportunity for everyone to be healthy and whole um mm-hmm. or you know and and do you have a place to go process out your fears not just with the lord but with a friend or you know a pastor or a mentor as well so that you don't bring that to the table with your friend or family member um okay. So it's it's everybody involved. It's not just we're the helper and then the world revolves around us, you know, helping the the one that needs to be helped. We all should have. Yeah. You know, there's a diagram that I have in my head that I will not talk about, but I just you know just every there's just little pods everywhere, I guess, and every <laughs> yes. connected and supported, um, you know, and and just able to to really carry this together as an actual community. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Just, I think that is invaluable. And I think that's what the church was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly what it was meant to be. Yeah.
2: I I mean, obviously I, I'm in full passionate agreement with that statement. And um, it's actually made me think back to the series that we, Uh, just recently finished on people Fuel. like you need your, as he called them, your life team, like those people in your life um, that are, like you said, have your back that are there that you can sometimes be the weak one with that you're pouring into them. They're pouring into you. Like everybody needs that everybody Um, you are not the exception to the rule. And so (laughs) um, just, you know, knowing that, but I, I, Always think, Brooke, to what you've said many times, just about even as great as a counselor as you are, and as much as as much good as you can do in an hour with someone, an hour with someone once a week is not going to change their life. Like you That's have hard. you have your role to play, and it's a really sure. important one. Um, but for you as a professional to be able to say, I need all you other people to do your parts. Like that's, what's going to change this person's life. Not just their session with me every week. Like everyone in the system needs to play their part. And so, um, man, that is just something truly since I've worked at mercy, I've gotten just so, so, so passionate about and, and truly people understanding. And as we always say at empower and all that, like we know at the end of the day, and you've, you've, you know, made a nod to this a few times in this episode of just like, the self-harm yeah. is, is only the external expression yeah. of something that's much, much deeper. Right. Um, and we know that Jesus has to be part of this process, that Jesus has to be the one that heals and answers the needs that aren't getting met. And, you know, all the things that you've even mentioned, he's the ultimate answer to those things. So, I mean, I will sound like a broken record saying this once again, but if you've got Jesus in your life, then you have a very significant role to play in the lives of people who are hurting and struggling yeah. uh, with self-harm or any other number of issues. And so um, our hope and prayer is that we just continue to come alongside. As we've already said in this issue, we are not training any of you people to be professional counselors. Right. Um, we're trying to come alongside really the body of Christ here and saying, Hey, here's the part you play, play it well. Yeah. Don't step out of your part. Um, and, and I hope that that's kind of what, if you've listened today, that, that you've been able to be encouraged by. And I'll also say we have on our website, um, a download that is for, um, people who care. I can't remember what the download's called now. Um, but maybe we can put that in our, uh, little notes about the show yeah. or somewhere yeah, was easily accessible you um, because you know it's just a much fuller um, kind of what word am I looking for Brooke you were kind of part of putting that document together but it's just kind of like a an encouragement to people who who care <laughs>
1: that was sing. it i'm just in here like what did we call it <laughs> when you said people who care i was like now i have no idea what it's
2: called it now. used to be like for parents and caregivers and then we yeah, done, yeah. made a I lot of edits and i yeah, don't know did. what it's called now no yeah mm-hmm. so we should link it and then- yeah we'll just give you a link guys and don't try uh, that in there yeah. and it'll don't be, be try great find yeah. it yourself <laughs> yeah you it. um anyway guys uh, that kind of wraps up what we had planned for today. And, um, we hope that, you know, especially those of you listening who know someone who, um, is struggling, are you wondering might be struggling, um, with self-harm that this has given you a few tools, a few things that you could take uh, to try and help and support them. And if, if you happen to be one of the people who are, man, I hope that this has been an encouragement, um, Mm -hmm. just to reach out and, and to get that support system around you and to, as, uh, Brooke's favorite word, consider <laughs> that there might be a better option, you know, and one yeah. that brings life and healing and wholeness. Um, and so anyway, we hope that you've, uh, enjoyed this episode and we will look forward to being with you all next week.
0: We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a non-profit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.